Hi, welcome to Delegation. How to, when to, why to. I'm Scott Watson. Our time together today will be spent exploring delegation. It's a fantastic skill for any manager or aspiring manager or leader to possess, but so few managers actually possess it or do delegation particularly well. Now, I understand that not delegating particularly well or effectively is not a conscious decision. As a busy manager, I expect you have dozens, if not hundreds, of emails to uh, respond to, several or more reports to produce and get approved, conflicting deadlines on multiple projects, and you've got to lead a team to deliver the results that your organisation is paying, trusting and expecting you to deliver for it. So what actually is delegation? In the organisational context, in people management arena, it's allowing and supporting and enabling another person, perhaps a member of your team or a peer, to undertake a task or activity that you would normally do yourself. That is what delegation is all about. There's a very big difference between delegation and abdication, and we'll explore that later. But the real benefits of delegation are often overlooked or at least misunderstood I've met hundreds, if not thousands, of managers, people managers, project managers, change managers, who simply refuse to delegate. First of all, because they're stuck in their own way, their preferred way of working. They also refuse, or are at least reluctant, to delegate, because they know that if they do the task themselves, it will be right first time, on time, pretty much every time, to the required standards. So there'll be no need for any costly rework or additional investment in time required. But the few things that managers often overlook when they're declining or refusing or reluctant to delegate are that there are some fantastic benefits to be achieved for both the manager, the organisation and the person that you're delegating to. For example, if you're a manager that's a little bit reluctant or not too confident in delegating currently, I'm going to share with you a proven, practical, time-tested template at the end of this program. But for now, you would be allowed to have that space and time to think about the few things that really matter for you to deliver rather than the lots of little things that just need doing. You will also express trust in a member of your team or members of your team when you start to delegate to them. Not abdicate, delegate. You'll also start to develop greater skills and competence and confidence within and across your team by delegating. Now, the only people that tend to be reluctant to do this are managers that want to withhold information because they view that as withholding power. And that's not the way to be. But... When you do delegate, as well as freeing up time, thinking space, and also more time for you to do the few things that really matter, the recipient of the delegation of the task can receive it particularly positively in terms of it. they view it as you expressing trust, they view it as you trying to develop them, they view it as you wanting to collaborate and support them in their personal growth or competence and or self-confidence. And as long as you delegate using the template which I'll share with you later and don't abdicate the opportunities for personal growth, more productivity, greater efficiency, higher quality, fewer costly errors and less costly rework are fantastic. All you need to do is understand that by letting go of the reins, you're not letting the horse bolt. Take a moment to think about two or three reasons why you may choose not to delegate. 
to certain members of your team or any members of your team. Some managers that I've met come up with five or ten answers. Here are just a few of them. Well, if I delegate to him or her or them, I'll only have to correct it and do it again anyway. I may as well do it right first time by myself. Another one would say, they've got enough work to be doing. I need to do this because I don't want to appear rude or to be putting on them. Mm, that's one worth thinking about. Another one would say, well, they've not demonstrated that they can do it, so it's going to take longer than it would for me to do it on my own. Bear in mind, you only learned how to be competent and effective in your role by someone perhaps helping you out and showing you and demonstrating a little bit of patience and a little bit of empathy as well. Could it be that some or all of your colleagues in different situations and different context perhaps deserve a little bit of that as well because a great benefit for you is that when you do start to delegate effectively and do it following this process and do it with genuine empathy and authenticity you start to develop your own coaching skills and a really important part of being an effective manager not just of projects and outcomes but of people is becoming an effective coach an effective enabler for other people to perform at or near their best on a consistent basis. In short, becoming an effective delegator can be one of the key ingredients in the recipe for a highly successful team that delivers better quality, greater efficiency, makes fewer errors, collaborates more effectively and generates more value for your organisation. Alongside this, not just your organisation, but more value for your customers, more value for your stakeholders, more value for your suppliers and partners. But more than anything, it's greater collaboration. Two heads are better than one when it comes to doing things, usually. And by expressing trust in another human being, allowing someone that opportunity to not fall flat on their face, that's abdication, but fall over once or twice but in a very safe environment with a structured approach to supporting enabling and equipping that person or those people to perform that task and achieve and deliver the outcome that you expect and require for your organization is a fantastic way to develop more credibility for yourself more credibility for your team more competence within your team more collaboration within your team and across teams and more respect from other people around your organisation. Doesn't that sound like it's worth going for? A worthwhile goal? There will no doubt be activities and tasks that you cannot and should not delegate and this is common sense but not always common practice. For example, if you have a legal responsibility for signing a document or approving uh, an outcome or content of a, a project... Of course, that needs to be retained by yourself. If there's an audit trail that requires your signature and authorization as a manager, of course, you cannot delegate the signing of that document. You can, though, in certain cases, delegate the collation of the information, the production of the data. But ultimate responsibility, as in any task or activity you delegate, remains with you. So how do you go about identifying the relevant employee that you wish or want or need to delegate this activity or task to? Well, there are several factors to consider. First of all, it could be that someone has a development opportunity from their personal development plan or their last performance appraisal, if your organisation does actually have appraisal systems. It could be that there's some spare capacity. They've finished one project or they backlog of customer complaints is down so there's an opportunity for this person to actually take some time and learn a new skill 
that would support your organisation and your team. It could be that this person is really the best person for the job. They have prior experience in this kind of activity and task and it's an opportunity for them to learn something rapidly and demonstrate a certain skill or competence uh, to you, their manager. It could also be that the person has no prior experience of this kind of task or activity but has expressed a desire to actually learn. Yes, in this case, the learning curve may be steeper and the <laughs> it may take longer for this person to actually learn how to undertake this task or activity successfully but think about your potential return on investment if you delegate effectively rather than abdicate and just wait for them to fall flat on the face it could also be that there's a possibility for a number of members within your team to actually collaborate on delivering an outcome a task a mini project so they can demonstrate and develop their collaboration skills and in working together and producing solutions to tough, challenging, everyday obstacles that stop your team or your organisation performing optimally. If you take a moment now to think about the upcoming tasks that you have to undertake and the outcomes that you need to deliver for your boss back in your workplace this coming week, this coming month or this coming quarter... Are there certain tasks that you know that you should do, that you need to undertake? And are there also some tasks that you think, well, you know, he, she or they could really undertake that task and take it off my desk and use it as a learning opportunity and they could do that with a little bit of support from me? Are there some tasks like that? If your answer is no, please take a rethink because there's always a task that you can delegate. It shouldn't be so easy that the person or people can do it really quickly, really easily and not learn anything but stay in your good books in the process and it shouldn't be so difficult that if it doesn't work out as intended or planned the organisation is put at risk in some way but it should work out as planned because you're going to delegate effectively rather than just hoping that things get done or just lumping something on the person's desk and then walking away until they turn up and say they can't do it. And then you have the additional pressure of the looming deadline and the conversation you're going to have with your boss because things haven't been delivered. So pick two or three tasks, two or three people that, that are in your team or they're actually peers who you collaborate with on a regular basis. By regular basis, I mean once or twice a week or you may collaborate on cross-team or cross-department projects. Have a think. Who can you delegate to? And what are the tasks that you'd be happy to delegate? Now, the next thing we need to consider is what level, what degree of delegation are you going to implement? Is it full delegation where that person following your briefing has full authority to make decisions, amend deadlines and communicate across teams or to stakeholders and suppliers and partners and peers as they wish? That's the traditional approach, isn't it? Just go and get on with it. Is it some form of shared delegation where you and the employee that you're delegating to share responsibility? You taking responsibility for ensuring that the person or people are fully equipped, enabled and supported to deliver the outcome required with a very clear outcome in mind right at the outset, in including the biggest risks 
to the task not being delivered, the organisational goals, what contribution he or she or they are expected to make, what success would actually look like. That's shared responsibility. You delegate, they deliver, but with support from you as and when wanted, as and when required, and certainly as and when agreed in advance. There are a few things more frustrating for someone that's been delegated to to find out that the boss says right at the outset, yeah, any questions come and see me, but the boss is never around because they're in meetings. Whichever degree of delegation you choose to implement and agree with your colleague, you remain accountable. You are jointly responsible for ensuring that the outcome is achieved, but whether it is or whether it isn't, that is you. That is down to you completely. And this is where the taking this responsibility right at the outset avoids finger-pointing, the finger of blame. And please remember, every time you point one finger of blame at someone else, three point directly back at you. This is what delegation is not about. It's about accepting and promoting responsibility. So it's shared understanding, shared ownership, and clarity about the most important goals and what support will be there, implemented, structured, for that person or those people to do a great job for you and with you. For a moment, take yourself out of your manager role and put yourself in the shoes of one or more of your team members. So your manager, for the first time, comes to you and says, Hi, I'd like to delegate this task to you. What's your biggest fear? Is it fear of success? Probably not. It's fear that something could go wrong in terms of you not achieving what's required, you not delivering on the outcome that's wanted, but possibly more than anything, it's, am I going to get left to sink by my manager? This is the biggest reservation I've seen, having spent time with thousands of people in business. Not just managers, but the manager's managers as well. It's, I'm going to get delegated to no chance. They're going to dump something on my desk, expect me to do it, then just leave me to try and do it without any support, without any clarity, without any context, and also without any time built in for me to be able to go and ask questions. And also being able to ask questions without looking like I don't know what I'm talking about or feeling a little bit stupid. Whenever you delegate, if you've no prior experience of delegating to that person and doing it effectively and achieving a collaborative win-win relationship and the outcomes that you want and the organisation requires of you, there's a fear to be dealt with and that fear is self-preservation. Am I going to look worse in my boss's eyes or am I going to improve my standing in my boss's eyes. Not because I'm hugging up to the boss, but because I'm competent, I'm confident, I'm delivering on my commitment, I'm keeping this thing on track and anticipating and overcoming the problems that do turn up quickly and effectively. So before you even think of delegating a task, have a think about how is this task going to be received? What is my impact? Am I encouraging and supporting that person to want to get involved or am I actively discouraging them and really putting them off wanting to get involved because they're terrified of not achieving the outcome that's required? Your personal impact in how you approach the discussion, present the task and 
offer support throughout the task through to completion is vital. It's so important that you don't just create a positive impact, but you have some structure there for that person to feel safe, secure, supported and encouraged and enabled to do a great job for you. Not just a good job, a great job. And this can happen when two minds get together and you support as the manager and enable them and ask them what are your thoughts on this what do you think could be a good solution what do you think the biggest obstacle could be to achieving this deadline on time to budget when you start asking the people on the front line who do the job day to day rather than just guess for yourself you're going to come up with far better solutions to everyday problems and obstacles that you encounter now does the person you're delegating to realize that he or she can speak their truth to you they can speak truth to power because one vital ingredient in successful delegation and collaboration between you and your colleague is them sharing their thoughts, sharing their ideas, making recommendations, identifying concerns and potential obstacles. They need to manage upwards. So as well as a task getting delegated, it's the relationship that needs to be developed. And this is about setting a clear permission about a standard for communication, collaboration and authenticity within the collaboration, within the relationship. There is no way that anybody should feel that they can't share their thoughts, concerns, ideas and recommendations with you. And it's up to you as the manager to make the first move on this. Don't just expect people to speak to you openly and honestly. They may not know you well enough to give you the bad news. Feel that they can give you the bad news without you losing your temper or showing disapproval in some way or taking the task off them. So it's really important that you as a human being as well as a people manager manage your impact and set that permission in the relationship so candid win-win authentic collaboration and communication can take place without a second thought it should be the norm not the exception but you may be surprised at how many managers just delegate the task let the person get on with it but don't say what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on how this obstacle can be Removed. What are your thoughts on what could be the two biggest issues affecting this project being delivered on time? These are the questions, very simple questions, but asked at the right time with authenticity can add lots of value, save headaches and help you get more done in less time with less stress. At some point, your efforts to delegate to a member or members of your team will be met with reluctance. Please bear in mind that reluctance isn't usually um, the person or people intending to be awkward, unhelpful or obstructive. It may be that he, she or they never signed up for additional activities, projects that may deviate from the task or job and activities within it that they were actually paid and employed to do. It may also be that, as I've mentioned earlier, they may be wondering, well, if I do this and I take this on, how is my work going to be dealt with that I'm supposed to be doing anyway? Am I supposed to be doing this new project alongside my current work or am I doing it instead of my current work? That's a big concern for many people that have been delegated to. It may also be that the kind of project or activity that you're offering may not suit their preferred way of working, where they prefer to invest and spend their time. For example, if you're uh, trying to delegate a computer program kind of project 
for example, to a people person, they may think, well, no, I probably could do it, but I really wouldn't enjoy it. I'd rather have something where I can go to meetings. I can get involved with things where I've got to collate information and ask people their views or collate data to then present. So please bear in mind, be careful of delegating the right kinds of tasks to the right kind of people and within their preferred ways of working. Unless, of course, they do need to expand their skills and competence set to somehow support your organisation and or your team. So please be aware, if you're met with reluctance, the question to ask in a very collaborative way whilst managing your personal impact on your face is, okay, thanks for letting me know you're not comfortable or you may not wish to do this, just so I can understand and I can support you as best I can. What's the main reason you might not want to get involved with this kind of project, this kind of task or activity? And then simply go quiet. When you go quiet, this is where your colleague gets the opportunity to speak. Speak honestly, speak openly and speak transparently. Because it may be that if they say, well, I'm not particularly confident doing this kind of task, then when you've understood that, you can then mention honestly and transparently that, well, I'm not going to abdicate responsibility. I'm not going to abdicate the task. I'm going to delegate it. And that means you'll be fully supported. Does that make you feel a little bit more comfortable? If they say yes, say, well, what's another concern you might have? Well, Mr. or Mrs. Manager, am I doing this instead of my existing workload or alongside it? Well, you can respond, we can reallocate some of your workload to other members of your team so you can focus on this. But if there's a concern, I trust you'll come and let me know and then we can work on finding a practical solution that's good for everyone. These are the kinds of dialogues that add lots of value where someone's been delegated to, but they know that they're being supported. Their efforts have been encouraged, their efforts have been reinforced, and they're not going to sink. Let's now explore the briefing and delegation template I mentioned earlier. So this is for giving a brief. What it does, it provides a secure, proven, time-tested, practical template for you to use to get clarity on what you're delegating, why you're delegating it, the resources required, the minimum performance and quality standards required, the progress meeting schedule, and also developing clarity with the person or people that you're delegating to. This gets things right and focused and clear in your mind before you even speak to the person or people you're intending to delegate to. Clarify, clarify, clarify. It doesn't take a war and peace document to delegate properly. It takes a few specific points that guide your focus and the person you're delegating their focus to on what's most important. So here it is. Grab a sheet of A4 paper and I use this on uh, landscape rather than portrait and there are eight rectangle boxes on the page. There are four to the left and four to the right. Now in the first box you may wish to pause this audio as you produce this. The first box top left is purpose of meeting. Purpose of meeting. The box, the second box immediately underneath purpose of meeting is objectives and organisations goals. Objectives and organisations goals. The third box underneath objectives and organisations goals is their role and responsibilities. Their role and responsibilities. 
And the fourth and final box on the left side of the page is minimum performance level. Minimum performance level. So now to the right column, the first box there is resources and support. Resources and support. Immediately below that and alongside objectives and organisations goals is information you require when and why. Information you require when and why. Immediately below that box is progress meeting schedule. Progress meeting schedule. And the final box is any final questions. Any final questions. So that is your document template to brief someone specifically on an activity, a task or a project, to set the ball rolling. It doesn't mean when you've given this briefing session and you've worked through this template that you can just leave and leave them alone, not at all. This is a starting point. This needs to be reinforced with genuinely collaborative, transparent, win-win, supportive dialogue and expertise. So let's go through this now and fill in some of the boxes. So in this example, the manager is asking a member of their team to get involved with a weekly task of producing management information from their team that the manager can then use to analyse trends, strengths, weaknesses in terms of performance, efficiency, quality and effectiveness and be able to present this information at the management team meeting each and every Monday afternoon. So the manager approaches the member of staff, ideally away from their normal working area, a quiet area, an office, but not sat at their desk with lots of people around. So he's finding a quiet area where he can have a private collaborative discussion. And the discussion is very informal, and it's not the manager telling, 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 it's the manager giving information and asking if there are any questions, if there's any clarity required, if there are any concerns... And it's not a therapy session either. It's just a very straightforward, practical, time-tested way to get clarity right at the outset and also develop the other person's motivation to actually want to get involved. So, in the first box, the purpose of the meeting. So the purpose of the meeting could be along the ways of, uh, Deborah, what I'd like to uh, discuss with you in this brief meeting, and it can only be 10 to 20 minutes, what I'd like to discuss with you in this brief meeting is inviting you to take on a weekly task which will take up to 60 minutes that would really help me present information at the management team meeting regarding how our team is actually performing on a day-to-day -day and week-by-week -week basis. Would you be happy to have a chat about that? Now, the colleague may think, well, I don't want to get involved, I've got all my work to do. But this is where you say, by the way... As we progress this discussion, please relax. I know you've got other tasks and activities and outputs you need to achieve. I'll reallocate those. So there's really no concern to be had there. So when the person has said OK or just nodded in agreement, what the task is. This is the objective and your organisation's goals. OK, what 
the key objective is is to help the organisation operate as effectively as it possibly can. And what this information will present from our team is how individually and collectively the team are performing in terms of how efficient, how effective, how productive, um, the level of quality uh, and errors. So it gives us a full picture as a management team of how each team is performing. It will allow the organisation to identify strengths, weaknesses and perhaps also some requirements change to processes and systems that we use or the way we communicate with our customers. So the key objective really is to help the organisation and our department and our team perform optimally wherever possible. So that's straightforward, isn't it? That's objectives and company goals. You could also add, ultimately, as well as helping the organisation, the department and the team perform optimally, it will also help us identify ways to reduce costs whilst either maintaining or improving the quality of service and the customer service levels we provide to our trusting customers. So that is objectives and organisations goals. Quite straightforward, isn't it? What you could say here is, now I've shared that with you, do you have any questions? Or am I okay to continue? If there's a question, they'll ask it, and then you answer it honestly and transparently, and uh, then you can just continue. So the third box is their role and responsibilities. So your role is going to be accessing the team data and you don't currently have uh, authority to do that. So I will arrange a password uh, access for you. So it's accessing the team data and collating the information from each individual within the team and collating it in a way that I will show you because we will have a coaching session about this, at least one and more if you require. So it's collating the information, putting it into this template that's already been designed, which we already use, and then analysing the information for trends, any trends in what's working well, any trends in what's working not so well. Are there peaks and troughs in terms of the number of calls or customer correspondence we receive? So it's you having a look at the information after you've collated it, checking it for accuracy, identifying trends, strengths, weaknesses, areas where we may need to improve or you know, really want to improve, ways to help the organisation reduce costs whilst maintaining its uh, quality or improving its quality of service. And ultimately, your key responsibility is to ensuring that the information you produce is accurate. Relax, I will double check it with you for the first two or three weeks if you wish, or for a longer period if you wish. But it's, the key responsibility is ensuring that the information you collate is what needs to be collated and that it is actually accurate and that I can present it to the management team on the Monday afternoon at the meeting. Any questions on your role or responsibilities here? Well, one question might be, well, I have a concern... I'm people may think I'm checking up on them and I'm the same level as them. You know, uh, could that cause problems? Well, no, it won't. First of all, people won't know what you're doing. Uh, secondly, it's not checking up, it's helping. And if there's any concerns about that, after you start uh, doing this project, just let me know and we'll sort it out. Dead straightforward, really straightforward. So the fourth box is minimum performance level. And the minimum performance level is simply, you know, what I really require from you is accurate, timely information that includes all team members, 
And also that in terms of performance, if you have a concern, if you have a question, if you have a doubt, you let me know as soon as you have that concern, that question, that doubt, rather than waiting until the deadline is looming for you to submit this information to me. So transparency and candid dialogue is really part of the minimum performance level, but ultimately it's producing accurate information on time, which would be Friday 1pm, each and every Friday. Any questions on minimum performance level? Well, I may take holidays, I may be off sick. Well, look... I'm your manager. If you're on a holiday, I should know anyway, but please do let me know and I can look to reallocate the task for your absence. Illness cannot be uh, avoided. I completely understand that, but as I'm your manager, you'd be calling me anyway to let me know that you were absent. So if you're okay with that, that could work for me. Straightforward. Please don't think that this is oversimplifying a very difficult task. Delegation, when done correctly, is a quite straightforward task. Not without bumps in the road. <laughs> That's part of being human. That's part of being in an organisation. The fifth box, resources and support. Well, there are no additional people resources needed uh, or available because it's 60-minute analysis and collation of this information. However, I'm a resource... I'll be available to support you and guide you as and when you require. But rather than let's just hope that you're okay, how about for the first two or three weeks we put some time in where we can work together on it, produce it together, ensure you're confident with it, ensure that you know what to do and what glitches can happen with the system. So when you're completely comfortable with it and confident with it, then you can do it on your own without my input. But also we can go through the process of how to gather the information, how to present the data, and also agree 15-minute catch-ups every Friday morning just in case there's any questions you have. But we can always get together. Now, one piece of support I do need to share with you is the information needs to be produced at 11 o'clock and pre uh, presented to me by one o'clock each and every Friday. This is because we can get a fuller picture of how the team has performed and individuals have performed by 11 o'clock. It gives us a fuller picture for the week. What I'd like you to do is present it to me so I can present it at the management meeting each Monday afternoon at one o'clock. This is because each manager presents their own team's data. So I will require the information uh, on the Friday. Any questions, any trends, any concerns, any recommendations, please include them there. If you see me in the office, please come and present me with it rather than email. But if you don't see me around, please just email it to me. OK, moving on to progress meeting schedule. This is one thing where it often gets forgotten in delegation because the manager unwittingly thinks, well, they're okay with it, they've not asked me any questions, they've not mentioned any concerns, so I'll just let them run with it. No, 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 that's abdication, not delegation. So progress meeting schedule. So how about on Thursday or Friday of next week, we take an initial 60 minutes together, we'll find a meeting room uh, with computer access, and I'll have organised your password access and authorization to enter the, the system. I'll show you how 
to collate the information, how to gather it, how to collate it, and also the spreadsheets that they already set up on the system, which is how the managing director or stakeholder wants the information presented, so it's consistent across teams. We'll take 60 minutes. We can, I can either show you how to do it, we can do it together, whatever works for you. This helps the person become more confident that they're not going to be left to drift, that they're actually going to have some support as long as they want it or require it or need it. So, but after the first 60 minutes, we can take 15, 20 minutes for the following couple of weeks to ensure that you're completely confident and any questions you have, we can clarify uh, the answers so you're completely happy with it. What works for you? And then it's on to any final questions. Do you have any questions, any concerns, any thoughts about this? Now, if the person says, I don't want to do it, Rather than snap back at them or think them being unhelpful or obstructive, as I mentioned earlier, just say, okay, could you help me understand what convinces you that you wouldn't want to do this? Well, I've got other work. Well, you can address that because the work has been reallocated. Other people will judge me. They'll think I'm the boss's pet. Well, other people are getting opportunities well as I learn to delegate more. So nobody's a pet, but everyone gets an opportunity to learn and grow. Any final questions? What if I'm on holiday? Well, as I mentioned earlier, if there is an absence, you'd let me know anyway, so there's no problem there. And that is it. It's then the invitation to take it on. So shall we start from this coming Friday and see how you go? There is ample opportunity for people to take on tasks, projects, activities that will help them grow, help them become more confident, help them... De develop skills that perhaps they knew they had but have laid dormant for many years or they didn't have that would help them develop their career if they wish. Some people also will take tasks on because they're tired, they're bored with the daily rut of the repeated activity that they do and some won't. So please, this is the template. If you want a hard copy of this, please email me scott at summittraining.co.uk scott at summittraining.co.uk and put in the title line delegation template request and I will get that to you within 24 hours. This is really straightforward. It can make your life easier. You'll have more time to do the few things that really matter. That's motivating your people, engaging with them, enabling, equipping them and supporting them to do fantastic work, not without bumps in the road. That happens. And also you will see yourself not being driven by your online calendar or repeated meetings because you are focusing on the few things that really matter that add best value to your organisation. So that is delegation, how to, why to, when to. Please use this for 10 days, consistently for 10 days. Find opportunities to delegate for all the right reasons and then do feel free to email me with how you've progressed. Take care. I look forward to catching up with you sometime soon. Thank mm -hmm. you.